welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told in the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Hear your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred, and that great theme music is by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And today, we couldn't just leave you hanging. Uh, we've decided to continue on with the second half of the fourth season of Our Fair City. Uh, so this episode makes more sense if you heard last week's episode as well, but no fear. Uh, it'll be there in the Radio Drama Revival archives uh, described last week. Uh, we have been following the tales of Neil Henderson and his intrepid uh, travelers, uh, workers who have been stranded um, and are trying to make it back to heart life and a variety of uh, adventures and dangers along the way. Uh, we've heard all about uh, some of the uh, new problems uh, coming uh, that the the company is trying to deal with and uh, various, uh, you know, destruction and um and 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 troubles that need to be overcome <laughs> all kinds of uh interesting uh power crisis issues in our fair city and um the company trying to get everything back online and uh will require some uh rather dramatic actions to get everything back to the status quo um so that is uh, the setup for the very dramatic uh conclusion um over an hour here of programming um for season four of our fair city wonderful 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 show um this uh, they've they keep getting better at it this rather uh large and multi-talented uh group um based in chicago known for both their excellent audio drama adventures as well as for throwing great parties they will be having a launch party for season five in january i uh, can learn about that at ourfaircity.com and stay tuned after the show for a teaser of season five here on radio drama revival starting with the second half of our fair city Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by the company you depend upon for all of your greatest needs, Heart Life. These stories are true dramatizations from our fair city's glorious history. So listen and remember, Heart Life, all the life you'll ever need. Little is remembered about the fall of Hartford, the city that straddled the Connecticut River in the Bad Ages, That knowledge has either been erased by the vicissitudes of time or locked away in the great vaults of Hartlife's Tower, where it shall remain until the company's board of directors has deemed it suitable for public consumption. What we know is this. The bones of the city still exist, its steel shoulders wrapped in a mantle of ice, its broad boulevards devoid of human life, the river that once animated the city frozen, stiff as a corpse. Until today, no policy of heart life had laid eyes upon downtown Hartford in a generation. Neil, why don't you come out of there? There's a lot of city to see. Maybe you could take Tim up to the bridge to see if our foragers have come back? Show a little leadership, maybe? Far below, in the shadow of an enormous bridge that spans the frozen river, Allison and her men have established their base camp. Neil, like Achilles, sulks in his tent. I'm not really interested. Is Lumi doing okay? She's just great. I started a fire in a garbage can in case she gets cold. Uh Uh-huh. In case you Uh ever come out of that tent. Neil, do you mind if I come in? I'd rather you didn't. Too bad. What's your problem, Henderson? Close that flap. It's cold out there. Is it me? Is it the mole? You seem to do just fine with the cold. Don't get smart, Neil. Doesn't look good on you. 
Listen, Neil, would you look at me? You're letting the air in. I'll close it when I leave. Now, I put a lot of faith in you, Neil. The men look up to you, but you have done a piss-poor job of leading them. You don't care about them. You only care about- About myself? Sure, Neil. But I want to get back to Hartford in one piece, and the odds of that happening are a lot higher if I travel with other people. You can call that selfish, but at least I care about keeping this crew alive. What do you care about, Neil? I care about you. I care about Lomi. You need to step down and start addressing me as captain. What? Why? I'm not going to repeat my argument. Why don't you just mutter it to your patient until it sinks in, Dr. Henderson? Lomi, it's getting awful cold in here, wouldn't you agree? Lomi wants you to get out. Lomi wants to live. You don't know that. And neither do you. She's barely conscious, Neil. If she could make words, she would. She'd say, Oh, Mr. Neil, I've had to take issue with your handling of this situation vis-a-vis your leadership. I think a regime change is in order. Allison, she does not talk like that. Goodbye, Neil. Tim? Yes, Miss Allison? Come with me. Yes, Miss Allison. Where are we going? Up. Oh. Oh, the stairs are going to be a problem. What with my bum leg, ma'am? Put your arm around my shoulders, Tim. I gotcha. Aye, aye, Captain. City. Kinda eerie with all its lights out. Like a dead spider with its legs in the air. Pretty though. Not the worst way to go. What's that, clear skies? A few months ago, Miss Allison, I would have gullied a man just to hear you say my name. To have your arm round my shoulder, it's like heaven in a glass. Well, aren't you sweet? What's bringing out the poet in you today? You are about to kill me, aren't you? I mean, there's no reason you'd bring me up on this bridge if not to hurl me off it. What? I mean, even in my wildest fantasies, I never imagined you'd want to kiss me. So I can't really think of any other reason you'd want to get me alone. I got a broken leg. I slow us down. I'm not going to kill you. I just wanted to get away from camp. Captain Neil said- Neil is actively getting us killed. Have I killed anyone by frog-marching them 25 miles in a blizzard? No. No! I am the one who stops Neil from doing that. He listens to me, and if I tell him that he has to carry you across the ice on his big dumb shoulders, then that's just what he'll do. All right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, Captain. Yes, Captain. That's better. Keep an eye out for our foragers, clear skies. I wonder what they managed to find in the ruins. Would you look at that big old spire? Reminds me of home. Do you think it used to be an insurance company too? Probably. Taller than practically anything else around it. Ahoy, Captain! Ah! There's our forgers now. Hello, boys! Hello, Captain. What you got there, Grayson, son of Grey Gregor? Groceries! I'll be damned. 
I was just telling Tim here how we're gonna make it home, and you've given us the calories to do it. Soon we'll be bounding across the tundra like a pack of ice wolves. Wolves? Where? Ow! There are no wolves here, you sniveling bolt weasel. Jack, there's quite enough of that. Yes, Captain. Sorry, Captain. No wolves? No wolves, Mr. Grayson. Jack, go fetch the fire cannon. Bring it up the steps so Tim can warm his hands. Aye, Captain. <clears throat> right away, Captain. Better, Jack. Go ahead, Grayson. What did you bring back for us in those carts? Thank you, Captain. Uh, we journeyed along this road, Route 5, and you wouldn't believe the things we saw. Buildings made of steel, Captain. More like to be hundreds of years old, like the tower, but dozens of them. We went through every building that wasn't iced over and took as many undamaged cans and packaged goods as we could find. There's a lot of stuff that's encased in plastic and hermetically sealed. There are these little cakes like you've never seen in your life. They're filled with some kind of gooey stuff. Uh, they're sort of spongy. Like algae. And the filling is sweet. Like algae. There you are, Captain. Thank you, Jack. There are also these things. These tins of food. It says chicken of the sea. And I'll be honest with you, Captain. Ain't one of us knows what either of those things actually are. And we're pretty sure it's a metaphor for a third thing. He ain't been brave enough to try it, Captain. Why, Jack? I do believe you've just volunteered. How brave you are. Grayson, give me your can opener. Oh, Captain. Here it is, Captain Allison. Thank you, Mr. Grayson. And here you are, hotshot. A feast of prehistory. It was good knowing you, Jack. Laugh it up, you twerps. Down the hatch. He's doing it. <coughs> How is it, Jack? You know what, Captain? It's incredible. It tastes so strong. It smells powerful and briny like pickled algae, but it's taste. It has texture. But it's, what, 400 years old? Maybe older. Uh, Cap, I've been meaning to ask. Go ahead, Jack. Why can't we just stay here? I don't want to stay here. I know, Captain. I know. But why go back? What's waiting for us in the city? The company, of course. Food and heat and a place to sleep that isn't crawling with wolves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, raccoons. <sighs> Captain, all due respect. Go ahead. I miss the company, Captain. I miss home just as surely as you do. But why can't we stay here and make a new life for ourselves? You were on the ghost rig. You're dead to heart life. And Grayson and Tim and me and the rest of us are assumed dead, I'm sure. They won't miss us. And the rest of you, do you want to stay here? It wouldn't be so bad, would it? Uh, not a one of us has died since we entered the caverns. And there seems to be stuff to eat here. We just don't know what any of it is yet. I suppose you want to end up like Rocco Fontana. Sing woe for foamy Fontana. Exactly. He ate that moss and the life boiled out of him like thermite on fire. And what about Tim? Yeah. Wait, what about me? Tim, you're getting better. But you need to see a real doctor. Relations technicians don't learn a lot of medicine. Uh, but we could push him around in the grocery cart. Captain, you have to admit, that would be awesome. Ma'am. Ah. Hello there, Mr. Henderson. Captain Allison. How's Lomi, Mr. Henderson? Well, she ain't bad, thanks. 
Do you hear that? It's wolves! Oh, Zeus! It's wolves! Everyone stay calm, especially you, Grayson. Gather around Tim, all of you. Keep him in the center. Neil, give me Betsy and gather the rest of the crew. Give you Betsy? Now! I can't... Sound the alarm, get the mole, and go! All right, boys, circle up. Any of you got weapons worth a damn? I found a crowbar. Great. I've got a baseball bat. What's baseball? I don't know. I, uh, I got a rock. Hush up now, Tim. Hi, Captain. My God, that's the biggest wolf I've ever seen. Stay calm, Grayson. Keep it together, boys. Back straight, chests out. Shut up, Jack. I hadn't even... You were thinking it. Now, whatever you do, don't scatter. I don't want any of you showing your backs to this monster, or it'll have us all by the hamstrings. And I don't want to lose another crewman. Not today. I'm going to break that creature's teeth and string them around my neck, and we'll all wear its bones for hats. Do you hear me? Is it... holding something? Hello, survivors! How are you? I brought soup! What fresh hell is this? I saw your emergency flare from my hut and immediately thought, Oh, here are some people in need of help and probably soup! And so here I am with both! Um... Who exactly Allison, are... I gathered up everyone and we're ready... Dora? <gasps> My good Mr. Henderson. So fine to see you. Well, what a surprise. How did you... The flare. The flare. That's a friend of yours, Neil? I'll say. Emerson missed you, didn't you, boy? <laughs> Let's get you unhooked from the sled, shall we? <laughs> Oh, God, it's loose! It's running right past me. Oh, hey, boy. Oh, you're a good boy. Come here. Come here. Oh, yeah. Allison, I presume? You presume right. At ease, boys. Neil, take your shovel. Oh, easy with that. I am Theodora Thoreau Roosevelt, explorer and naturalist. You're all welcome to call me Dora, and that is Emerson. <coughs> He's a dog! No kidding. It's so good to meet you, Miss Allison. Neil has told me all about you. Has he? Do you mind terribly if I commandeer this fire? The soup kettle I brought seems to have frozen solid, and I can't very well serve my refugees frozen soup. Why, wouldn't that just be the silliest thing? <laughs> just about. That is my name, yes. What is a naturalist? It is a word I made up, Miss Allison. That's Captain Allison? Right. Captain. <laughs> yes, Captain Allison. But, right, naturalist, it means that I can help you and your friends survive out here in the wilderness. Perhaps. Wouldn't that be great? I certainly think so. It's how I live about 98% of the time. Well, Dora, we could certainly use your expertise. I'll tell you what. If I had known you were coming, I'd have baked a cake. Well, surprise! <laughs> I'm here now. Hello! Hello. Oh, it's so nice to see the face of a fellow female human. Hello, 
fellow female human. You've already said hello. So I have. Forget my head if it weren't attached. Pardon me, must stir the soup. That's fine, as you were, Madam Naturalist. Smartly now. Thank you, Captain. Apparently we have soup, Jack. I like soup, Captain. I think I do too, Jack. I think I might like soup too. Come on, Emerson. Go to Grayson. Go to Grayson. Do not go to Grayson. Stay with Neil, enormous dogs. How else are you going to get over your fear of dogs, man? By living in a city where I never have to see one again. Who's our good dog? <laughs> go. 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 Give him hugs. No. No, please. Anything but <laughs> In the bad times, before the day of exclusion, the future was uncertain. Those lost individuals without corporate protection would consult with purported mystics who used bits of paper and bone to say the sooth. Now, of course, heart life has ensured our future and the fortune-telling charlatans have all but vanished, replaced instead by the great individuals who shape the future. The power they exert over our fair city can guide events and foretell their path. For the two vice presidents riding along in the elevator, the path has led away from the safety and comfort of their offices and toward a meeting with the true keepers of the future, the actuaries. Are you sure you want to do this, Davenport? Really? Really sure? Positive. Because this isn't how it works. If the actuaries summon you, you go. If not, you stay the hell away. You don't actually seek them out. It's not... It's not normal. You sound like you're scared. Damn right I'm scared. Carter, you're the vice president of the actuarial department. Because I don't visit the actuarial department. I don't interfere. That's the arrangement. I leave them alone, and they leave me alone. We're vice presidents. What are they going to do? Level 7. Doors open. Actuary. Wow. You weren't kidding about this place. Aren't you coming? I'll wait in here. Carter, come on. Just find the two, they'll sort you out. I'll be here when you're done. Find the what? What does that even mean? Doors closed. Good luck. How did he ever get to be a vice president? Hello? I'm Vice President Davenport. Vice President Davenport of Human Resources? I'm here to see an actuary. I'll just pick one then. All right, you. I need you to look over to some numbers I brought with me. Excuse me? You even listening? Hey! Oh, <laughs> hello, everybody. Uh, that's kind of creepy. I'm, uh... <laughs> I am Vice President Davenport of Human Resources, and I need to talk to an actuary. Any takers? What about the, uh, two? Uh, I was told to ask for the two. Recalculate, recalculate. Please do not disturb the ones, sir. They are working. Now, 0. 0.7734. Uh, sorry? 0. 0.7734. It is an ancient actuarial greeting. What does it mean? It is a greeting. It means hello. 
Oh. Um. 0.7734. Yeah. Look, are you the two? I am. Great. I'm Vice President Davenport. Who? Vice President Davenport. Policy number. 0020. Letters are not numbers. Letters are lies. Do not lie in front of the ones, sir. What? Zero, zero, two, zero. Right. Sorry. Zero, zero, two, zero, four, zero, two, one. Ah. Welcome, zero, zero, two, zero, four, zero, two, one. How may we help you? Are you aware of the power crisis? Everything is numbers, and we are aware of numbers. So, yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I've done everything in my power to fix it. I've got PWCs, shoveling, triple shifts, and all minor systems offline. I've delegated and yelled and fired people. That's everything in the vice president's handbook. But it's still getting worse. What is that to the actuarial department? Look, people say you know things. You can see stuff in the numbers, tell how things are going to turn out, maybe change them. People say many things. Numbers, only one. The truth. Exactly. So, based on the current powder readouts or whatever, my people came up with these numbers. <laughs> what's so funny? Your numbers are not our numbers. Uh, what's the difference? Our numbers are accurate. Please, wait here a moment while I find the right one. Fine. All right, Carter, I can see why you don't come down here. No, 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 no! Here we are, sir. The past and current energy readouts for the entire city. What happened to your eye? A one was working on this. They do not like to have their work taken away from them when it is not yet complete. Looks pretty complete to me. A one's work is never complete. Okay, so what... Can you tell me? Nothing, sir. I am the two. And I was told to find you. So, the numbers? I cannot help you, sir. You haven't even looked yet. I am the two, sir. The lowest of the low. Lower than a one? Much, much lower, sir. The ones serve a noble purpose. They serve the numbers. I am the two... I am unworthy. It would be a disgrace for me to even look upon the numbers. And so instead, I serve... people. Fine, you're unworthy. Just take me to the one I need to see. The ones only calculate what is and what was. For this, you must see the three. Fine. I don't care. Which way? This way. Ones, twos, and threes. This is pretty important. Maybe we should see, I don't know, a six? <gasps> Please, sir, do not joke. Sixes are just bedtime stories used to frighten little ones. Here. Type in the code. If you are expected, the three will see you. And if I'm not? Type in the code. What's the code? Five, eight... Zero, zero, eight. <laughs>
What's so funny? The code is an ancient source of actuarial amusement. Five eight zero zero, zero eight. eight. Uh, what's it mean? Three. Are expected. Three. The three, three will see you. Three. Good. Three. Good. Three. 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 Hello. Uh, 0.7708 or something. Damn, it's dark. You are early, 00204021. You are 172 hours, 35 minutes, and 23 seconds. 22 seconds. 21 seconds. Excuse me? That is when you would have come to us. That is when you should have come to us. Your numbers do not add up. Well, your guy, uh, the the two, gave me some new numbers, and I need you to take a look at them and... No. Give us the numbers. Here. Mm. Mm. A negative and canceling out the sum. Negatives Tangent. make a positive sign. Acute variable power. Non-terminating. Irrational. One thousand is less and than or The truth given. Recalculate the remainder. Show your work. What the hell was that? What will be? So, you found something? Hello? What, is that like my cue to leave? Well, forget it. I'm not leaving until I get an answer. I am the vice president of human resources, damn it. I have come to you glorified accountants with a problem, and I expect an answer. So look up from your stupid little numbers and give me one. Here. What is it? Policy number. Now go. Thanks. It was good, uh... Yeah, good. His numbers did not add up. This way... Why are they all glaring at me? The door was open, sir. I don't understand. Stupid little numbers. Sir. Doors open. Heavenport, thank God. Can we, uh, two? Well, what, what are you, uh? Vice President Carter. I believe the three would like to see you. What? Uh, oh, okay, just give me a minute. At your convenience. Recalculate. What did you do? Nothing. I just... They gave me a policy note. That's great, I guess. Whose? I don't know. I, I didn't look. No. What is it? No, 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 no! Do you recognize it? <laughs> I recognize it all right. It's only crossed my desk every other week since I got this job. Ah, hell! Wait, where are you going? I gotta go. No, don't leave me here. I waited for you! Doors closed! Sorry. Devonport, please! Swore. I swore the last time would be the last time. I swore I was never gonna do this again. Damn it! Hello. We're hungry. We're subjects of a corporate.
Agent Chamberlain, can you talk? Chamberlain, I need you to bring me Dr. Caligari. Yes, sir. Alive, Chamberlain. Damn it. Dr. Caligari? Dr. Emily Caligari? Dear policies, this is the maniacal scientist who, alongside Dr. Herbert West, lay waste to the city less than a cycle ago. What purpose might she serve to the city which she helped to fill with the Woken Dead? Find out as the story of our fair city continues. Take heart, dear listener, in the policies and procedures our benevolent directors laid down, which govern our every moment. From the day we emerge in the automated birthing rooms to the end of our days in the clean and efficient dead disposal chutes, our lives are kept and governed by the efficient workings of the Heartlife Corporation. For our survivors on the frozen waste, there is no procedure for taking their minds from the howling wind and the ravenous wolves outside their tenuous shelter in the newfound ruins of Old Hartford. Left to their own devices, the survivors sit, counting and sorting food. We've been sorting all this weird stuff in the frozen city. We've been sorting animals this stuff kinda smells bad. Can't hear the wolves a howling. No one here's getting it. Don't you hear the captain shouting? That's better than getting it. Better than getting, better than getting, better than getting it. Better than getting, I got more camp bells for you, Dora. Ew, I hope it's not actually made with real bells. Spoiled, spoiled, rotting. Intact. Thank you, Clear Skies. And good boy, Emerson. What a big, strong doggy pulling all those cans and a cripple. Good boy. I'm not a cripple yet, ma'am. Cap. Dora. Not really, because I'm going to get better. Oh, okay. Right? I am not sure. If you were, say, a bull raccoon, I could fix up an embedded claw or even reset your baculum. My what? Oh, dear. Do you not have one? Uh, I I don't think so. Oh, my. You will need a doctor when you go back. Hello, Tim. Theodora. How's the sorting going? We've got freeze-dried soups, tins of some kind of meaty goop, and we even found toothbrushes. Yeah, what are we going to need toothbrushes for? Give us the goop. A very good haul. And make sure you throw away all the dented cans this time. Do we want another Steel Fist Frankie on our hands? At least I'm making a lot of fire plan number two. And we appreciate your <laughs> effort to keep us all well-fueled. 
Good work sorting, boys. Maybe we'll even have some tuna and cornmeal for dessert. Yeah, 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 that's what I'm talking about. As long as these old buildings don't collapse before then. I would like to reassure you that that is completely possible. These ancient ruins could fall in on us at any... Dora! I think I hear someone calling you. You do? Is it Neil? No, it's not Neil. He's playing doctor with the mole. I think it's some mold. Talking mold. Way over there. You mean you haven't talked to it yet? Sentient mold? What did it say? Nothing much. Just talked about a great minestrone recipe. <gasps> minestrone! <laughs> Grayson, push clear skies over here. I need to have a private conversation with my two best officers. I can't have that woman undermining morale when we're finally fed, rested, and not getting eaten every two days. Still, I want to be sure we're not going to get killed in our sleep by a cave-in. I need you two to go see what's afoot down in that tunnel. Check the structures and see if everything's sound. Why do I have to go? Just send him. I'd send a solo party, but who would bring back the news if something were to happen to one of you? Uh-uh. I am not going. With all those weird noises, there must be spiders, uh, woken, creepy crawlers, or underground wolves, I'm sure of it. And anyways, Miss, or Captain, Navigate, Navigator Roosevelt said that we should stay away from there. She thinks there might Did be- Did Miss Captain Navigator Roosevelt bandage your leg? Did Miss Captain Navigator Roosevelt bring you safely and mostly intact across the barren wasteland? Did Miss Captain Navigator Roosevelt jump on a wolf's back and stab it in the throat to save your sorry lives? N no, but she gave us soup. Is your life worth a bowl of soup? No, but maybe we should listen to her. <laughs> she. Ugh. Let's get one thing straight. I'm in charge out here. Not the jolly brown giant or the Mary Soup Princess, me. And I can be nice and sneak my favorite Riggers extra crackers and give you the good spots by the fire and tolerate the way you smell when you snuggle up to me for warmth at night. Or I can be mean and I can make sure you eat last and I can make sure you get extra guard duty on the coldest nights and you can die a slow, painful death and not even know what hit you. So, do you want nice or do you want mean? Nice. Good! Grayson, Tim, off you go then. Yes, yes ma'am. Don't worry, Lomi. Your arm's a bit green and everything, but that could mean it's getting better, right? Oh, that's how your Uncle Muddy died after a cave-in smashed his foot. Turned green as a pickle. Well, uh... Uh, I'm sure that's just a coincidence. Let's head to the fire and get you some grub. Hey, buds, where are you two headed? Just going off to get mauled. Alrighty, well, come back quick as you can or all the dinner will be gone. Strange. I didn't see any mold or recipe cards anywhere. Hey, Dora. Huh? Hello. <clears throat> Dora. Have you been thinking what I've been thinking? Oh, yes. I... I think so. It smells pretty awful down here. Oh, the smell. Yes, certainly. I thought you were going to present your baculum. My what? 
dear me, we're going to have a group trip to the doctor after all this, aren't we? There you are, Neil. I need you to come up and set the... Am I interrupting something? You might be witnessing a human mating ritual, but I'm not sure yet. We aren't doing nothing, Allison. Just walking over to dinner and discussing that weird mulched smell. Mulched? Yes, mulched. Such as... Fermented. Fertilized. Squatted on. Excreted. Covered in dookie. Thank you. So there's some byproduct. Big deal. I mean, the others don't do a great job keeping the one and the two from becoming three. They certainly haven't seen a bar of soap in years. It's not that surprising it smells horrible. What's the report, you two? Um, there wasn't much, but we found... It was nothing! Just some average ruins, rot, broken lampposts, you know. Then why are you holding a lump under your coat? That's just my paunch. Give it here. What is it? Food? Water? If you've tried to snatch my blankets or long underwear again, which I would like to remind you again won't fit, I swear I'm going to... Ah! Tunnels below, what is that? Well, I don't know exactly what it is, uh, but it's so little, and it kept crying, and it looked like it needed help, so I named him Chips. I thought he could be like a mascot or something to keep our spirits up. Grayson, that thing has, has face arms. The correct term is antenna. Whatever. It's probably dangerous and you're getting rid of it now. Oh, Cap, it looks harmless enough, though, and it's kind of cute. Hell, maybe if we can't tame it, we can eat it. You're as mad as a pox mole. Look at that thing. Look at it. Look at its unfriendly face. Look at its prickly butt sword waving around in the air. The butt sword's connected to the thorax. Oh, but he kind of likes me. Look, he's saying hello. Hello, Chips. Ow! Don't say hello with your mouth, Chips. Fine. Why don't we get a professional opinion? Roosevelt, tell him whatever that is, is a monstrosity. Or we could view it as an interesting little observation project. It looks quite young, not even fully emerged from its shell. Who wants to take their turn incubating it first? I do! I don't even know why I argue with you people when I'm captain. Hey! Somebody had to be the foot of reason. rumbling again. Sounds almost like a lightning storm coming. Or an ice storm. Or a fiber-fueled brown storm. Though I suppose it could be them. The underground wolves? No, though wouldn't that be interesting? I have a hypothesis that I've been pondering since I arrived. These tunnels are so tightly packed, the streets relatively clear, and it smells quite a bit. Based on this evidence, I would postulate that we currently reside within the working tunnels of a Lymicolus or subterranean creature. Is that bad? Only if ants are unfriendly. Are they unfriendly? Boys, we got ourselves an ant beef! Stop it, you doofus! Are you going to fight hundreds of them? Stop staring and run, idiots! Run! Oh no. Oh no, ants aren't real. Just look back, you can do it. They're not ants. Oh no, they're definitely ants. Definitely ants. Do save us! Oh god, I never knew they had such big teeth! You mean mandibles will probably be minced to pieces by their mandibles? I hope you're happy! Ah, teeny bits, yes! A chance encounter with our fascinating and apparently vicious 
subterranean neighbors. Do you think there will be time to collect a sample or two? Oh, second thought, perhaps another day will be better for sampling. The only thing that's about to be sampled is our innards. Now stop goggling and run. There's one up ahead. Go, 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 everybody up. soon. Sorry for hurling you through, Tim. I'll make you another cart if I can rustle up some- Neil! You better take a look at this. I- I've never seen so many colors. What are all these pointy thingies coming out of the ground? Flowers. And those? I think they're trees. Trees as in the spindly thingies the paper comes from? Trees can't grow outside. Maybe they're just metal electric poles with leaves. Try punching one. Now, that's definitely a tree. That ain't all, fellas. Look at this other stuff coming out of the ground. I've been telling you, and telling you we should come up. And look what we found! Food! A plenty! And I can certainly cook if you're wanting. You mean, we can eat these? Of course. Where did you think food comes from? Wrappers? This is it, guys. We've reached it. We're home! So we leave the intrepid wanderers amid the comparative lushness of this unexpected oasis. Having lived their lives as dutiful policies should entirely underground, they are ignorant to the realities of growing things and open skies. To them, this place is strange and alien. It appeals to their foolish desire for the unknown. Beneath its idyllic surface, what dangers await the policies who have strayed so far from the protection of the tower? How will they manage without leadership? Will they ever return to the safety of heart life? Find out in four weeks when the fourth season of Our Fair City continues. For many years, Heartlife's Human Resources Department had an open door protocol. Any policy with a question, comment, or founders forbid a complaint would find a welcoming HR manager with a ready ear and a poised clipboard. But after the Woken disaster, heralded by Dr. Herbert West, there was a necessary reprioritization of corporate procedures. And since that time, the closed-door protocol has persisted. The gates of human resources are locked, blocked, and barricaded against the misguided policies outside. If only they understood that the managers within have their best interests at heart. Hell no, we won't work. Davenport's a stupid joke. Hell no, we won't work. Davenport's a stupid joke. Hell no. Not again, damn it. Hey, can someone get me a HIPAA form? My printer's jammed. Shine that light over here. Lupe, my lamp's out. Antoine, put your shoes on! Is that... Is that an algae bar, Frank? <gasps> It, uh... 
might be. Are you holding out on us, Frank? Oh my god. You can't hoard food, Frank. What? You guys. Come on, Frank. I, Share it with us, Frank. I Give it over, Frank. It's not my fault you guys weren't prepared. This algae bar is mine. No. None of you can have any. I cannot believe you just did that. You greedy, unfeeling asshole. I am going to beat that algae out of your corpse, you holdout son of a bitch. Hey, how is a man supposed to get any work done when there's a food riot going on in his own office? But, sir. Frank was. I don't care. You're better than this. You animals see this? You see what I'm holding? It's a box of algae bars? That's right. It's a box of algae bars. I'm going to put this box right here, and I want you to keep your eyes on me. Look at me, Lupe, while I tell you a story. Yes. Times are hard. Yes. Food is scarce. Yes. Eyes on me, Antoine. Do not look at that box. Yes. I am holding a riot baton. But let me tell you something. When I was 25, I was a junior coordinator, just like Frank is now. That winter, the main feeder cable that connected the electricity reserves shorted. 432 policies froze to death before we could get the heat back on, and there were protesters outside our offices. The vice president in those days was Givens, Eleanor Givens. And one day, she called us together and opened a locker in her office. My office, now. And she dispensed the batons and the breather masks and the helmets and said that we were to wear them until further notice. And I asked why. And she looked at me, and she took a baton, very same one I have here, and... <laughs> she hit me so hard that I lost a tooth. That's why, Edward Davenport, she said. She said, because your head is worth more to the company in one piece than it is crushed under a paving stone thrown by the rabble outside. And there's more to it than that. The rioters, they need us. They need us to be cool-headed when the world has gone mad. We are human resources, and we must never lose control of our own human resources. The most important tool you have is your own civility, and I will ask you kindly to maintain it, or we are no better than the food rioters on the lower decks. I've heard rumors that some of them have turned to eating mole people. Oh, I'd kill for a roasted mole person. Not in my department, you won't, Carson. Now I want everyone to behave himself. Apologize to Frank. Jenny? Sir? Distribute the contents of this box. Make sure everyone gets one. Yes, sir. Except Frank. Sir? Frank gets two. You see, Frank is to be commended. There's no shame in saving a little for the fourth quarter. Remember the fable of the giant squirrel and the pile of corpses? It buried those bodies in the snowbank and made it to next fiscal year. And Jenny, put the rest of the bars back in my office when you're done. Yes, sir. Here you are. One for you, Antoine. And one for you, Lupe. And Carson. Now, if you'll excuse me, we all have work to do. So thank Frank for being resourceful and everyone keep calm. Josh, is my three o'clock here yet? No, sir. What? Have you heard from Chamberlain? N no, sir. Would you like me to contact him? That would be nice, yes. Would you like me to hold your hand as you dial the phone? Honestly? Y yeah. <laughs> what? Okay, going. Sorry, bye. Amateur. <sighs> I am enclosed on all sides by incompetence. 
Where are you, Dr. Caligari? Chamberlain, is that you up in the air duct? You know I hate it. Hello, Edward. Am I late for my three o'clock? Hello to you too, Dr. Caligari. Why is George Chamberlain unconscious on my desk? Why do you keep sending him to kill me? Well, I wasn't this time. Josh! If Josh is another Chamberlain, he's I- He's my PA. Sir, I couldn't reach, um... That's all right. I found him. Would you escort Mr. Chamberlain to the waiting room? Oh, and there's a straitjacket in the supply cabinet. See the Chamberlain's wearing it when he wakes up. Um, sir, that woman is pointing a gun at you. She won't shoot me. Won't I? No. Uh, okay. Thank you, Josh. Close the door behind you. You can put the gun down now, Dr. Caligari. I can, but I'm not going to. Oh. All right. What is that? Oh, nothing. I just wanted to have a little snack is all. I always have a little snack at this point in the afternoon. Little cookie. A banana. Chocolate peanut algae bar. Uh-huh. I can totally relate. I'm sure you can! No! Have a seat, Doctor. <sighs> Sorry about that. I don't generally let people bring guns into the office. So... When was the last time you had something to eat, Dr. C? You look famished. I... I can't believe you did that. My father was a street-safe agent. He taught me all kinds of things. Now, I called you here today not because I want to kill you. Although, believe me, the thought has crossed my mind. Cute. You want an algae bar? I got banana nut, chocolate peanut butter, apple cinnamon, and uh, exclusion day turkey. Me... I like the algae s'mores kind. All right, damn it. Give me one. What kind? I don't care. Quite the appetite you got there. Another. I only have so many. Another now, or we don't deal. All right. So, the reason... Five days. What? You asked me how long it had been since I ate something. Five days. Well... I see then that I don't need to impress upon you the severity of our situation. When a woman of my importance is reduced to sleeping in a tunnel, fending off carnivorous spores, and making a CO2 scrubber out of an intercom just so she can walk through Sector Alpha without asphyxiating, no, I don't think anything needs to be explained to me. I had some numbers crunched by actuarial, and combined with the reports of my own team, we figured out what precisely the city's energy needs are. The lightning rigs are volatile, unpredictable, and as we've seen, dangerous. As acting director of utilities, I'd like us to move in a different direction. We'd like to try fusion. Fusion power. Yes. Now I had Jenny draw up a list of everything we'd need to build a small fusion reactor, and Josh found one of your old inventories of our heavy industrial assets. I'm not an engineer. Did you or did you not just make a rebreathing device out of a loudspeaker? You're the closest thing we've got, Doctor. 
What I need from you is to tell me whether or not this inventory is up to date. So that you can make a fusion plant before we run out of heat, air, and algae? Yes. So, in a week? Yes. That's impossible. All things are possible. We all engage in positive thinking. Don't give me your tired handbook, Pablum. I'm not a rodent. Read me the list and I'll tell you what you have. 300 cubic feet of deuterium at 14 atmospheres of pressure. Missing. A kilometer of polyethylene sheathed 900 kilovolt cable. Missing. Lead-lined ceramic catchment. Also missing. Jackhammer? That he didn't take. Who didn't take? Why are all these items gone? If you'd ever stopped hunting me like an animal, you would have realized that there is a dangerous lunatic loose in this city. Yeah, his name's Chamberlain, and he's wearing a straitjacket in my waiting room. Hold on. Hello? No, he isn't. What? No. His name is Dr. Herbert West. And he took all of the things on the inventory when he and his dopey assistant went shopping in my lab last month. Well, get them back from him. Sure. I'll just phone him up. I'll mind to get an outside- I don't know where he is, you excrescence! Now, if I weren't always being dogged by Street Safe, I could talk to Agent Sowell. He was my point man for West before all this started, and if I could get access to his monitoring station, we could find West and proceed from there. Fine. All charges against you have been dropped. I'll write a memo. I'm not finished. I will also require a supply of food. Done. And a place to sleep. The waiting room couch folds into a bed. Not good enough. <sighs> my apartment in the tower has a guest room. Still not good enough. Which I will sleep in while you take my room. And I'll need a gun. This one needs to go back to Chamberlain. I don't want to kill West. No, there was an endothermic ray emitter among my personal effects that was confiscated by StreetSafe. I want that back. It's yours again. And your stapler. I like that stapler. Give it. <sighs> one last thing I do need. Yes? Is a serious burst of power. The fusion reactor will require a lot of input just to start it up. That you can leave to me. I have full confidence that I can secure that electricity for you from a certain spineless switcher at the power station. Eager listeners, notice how Vice President Davenport directs all of the resources at his disposal to solving the problems that plague our city. When you encounter a seemingly intractable problem, follow his example. Stop, don't think, consult your supervisor and stay positive. Follow, too, the example of the newly redeemed Dr. Caligari. Consider the practical needs of the company above all. There is no room in heart life for dreamers. Strong minds and strong backs keep the wheels steadily turning. Food, shelter, meaningful work, human contact. Every need a policy may have, all are provided by the corporation. Heart life even addresses the ancient human yearning to elevate gods. For what power could be more divine than the company? Individual humans, however, are not always as forward-thinking and benevolent as heart life. Rogue policies have been known to unlawfully elevate themselves by playing on their contemporaries' primitive desire for salvation and guidance. Here. In the very center of our fair city, a man has appropriated official resources and with his ill-gotten power has assumed the mantle of protector. Vice President Davenport now approaches the central power station 
unaware that he is about to confront the public's chosen messiah. Hey, Excuse me. Ah. One side. Watch it, buddy. Vice Ow, my president eye. coming through. Ow! Mister, do you have any... Sit move, you animals. You there, officer. Stand aside. Hey, Roman. This guy telling you to stand aside? Why, yes, Flint. I think he is. Well, isn't that funny? Do you think he sees the line of sick and hungry people waiting to be let in? Don't see how he'd miss the line, Flint. All right, you street-safe goons. I get it. You're here to protect the power station, and you're not supposed to let anybody in. But if you knew who I was, you wouldn't be playing these little we games. We know who you are, Vice President Davenport. Good. Then move aside. I have business in there. Let me finish. We know who you are, and we don't care. No one gets through this door unless they have permission from the Switcher. You have permission, Davenport? The Switcher? People call him that now? That's the boss. They say he's got no given name anymore. He renounced his policy number. This is ridiculous. Let me in there this instant, or I'll... Hey! What'll you do, Davy? Aw, oh, come on, Roman. Don't grab the tie. You want to get through to these suits, you gotta twist the arm. They're real sensitive about their arms. Oh, the arms, huh? Really? Yeah. Watch. Ah! See? Now you can lead him around like this and hit his head into stuff. I'm warning you. Ah! Don't want to go through the door, big guy. Ah! Not like that, Davenport. You're gonna use the handle, blockhead. Let me go. Ah! Go, you moron. Ah! Trying to help. Flint! Roman! Is there a problem out there? Uh, no, no, sir. Uh, uh, Vice President Davenport is here. Well, well. I'm sorry, Mr. Davenport. If I knew you were coming, I would have found some babies for you to eat. I don't! Why do people keep saying that? Want me to get rid of him, sir? No. No, he can stay. I'm coming out. You think the Switcher saw all that? I don't know. Was it excessive? Eh. I say if it feels good, do it. I like you. There you go, Davy. Good as new. Here's your hat. Thank you. It's the switcher. It's really Everyone, please be patient. This suffering will not last. Fresh air will be back on tonight in this corridor, so bring your families. Until then, please... Comfort each other as best you can. Davenport. Switcher? Let him go, boys. I think the Vice President will behave himself. Yes, yes, sir. Flint and Roman are a little protective of me. Plus, managers are persona non grata around here. I'm what? That's an old expression. Founder talk. It means unwelcome. You know, you're not the first suit to try to shut our operation down, though you are the first to be allowed inside. Your operation. Well, it's not mine alone. Those men at the door? Street safe officers. The genius that sent them to arrest me didn't count on them having family in the hospital. The one you made me shut down last week? I remember. In fact, most of my team are people who have lost loved ones because of your power distribution guidelines. You're lucky that you made it through the line in one piece. Have a seat. I won't mince words with you. My job is to fix this energy crisis, and to do this, I need the full cooperation of all Heartlife policies, including yourself. We've been over this. 
<laughs> Have you ever considered maybe you're in the wrong line of work? No. Now, I understand that in spite of my last coaching session with you, you've <laughs> resumed routing power to non-priority sectors and unessential departments. Oh, yes, like, um, residential air treatment. And I've tolerated your shenanigans because management has learned to compensate through conservation of our resources. It has not been pleasant. I'm so sorry But to despite hear... your childish crusade on behalf of the huddled masses, I am not here to enforce the guidebook's power distribution. Things yet. have changed, Davenport. We... Yes! Things are getting hard, but with your help, we can resolve this crisis. All I need is a significant electrical load delivered to one laboratory. This will power a device, a reactor, which will get us back online. Right. And mole people look pretty in a dress. This is not about mole nighties. What? Switcher, I know that I can't order you to do this, at least not right now. So I'm here asking you to do the right thing. If not for me, then for the company. Don't. Don't try to appeal to my sense of corporate obligation. Look at you, Mr. Vice President of Human Resources. A week ago, you would have had your goons drag me out of here and throw me to the wolves, and now, what, we're, we're equals? No, no, you're scared. And it is terrifying, isn't it, losing power? Well, you've lost it, Davs. So for the first time in your life, you try managing a problem person to person. But you are not a person. You're a policy, a check in a column on a spreadsheet. And you're a criminal. We have a spreadsheet on criminals. How long do you think your little operation is going to last? What's criminal is Heartlife's treatment of its people. Before we were policies, we were people. And people help each other. I help. I save people. Have you ever saved anything besides your own assets? I'm offering you a lifeline. And this is the cooperation I get. We're working towards the same thing, you little ingrate. Fellas, the vice president needs to find the exit. Give him a hand. You don't want to do this. You know, I've, I've always been afraid of breaking the rules. My big sister always tells me, loosen up, you're going to worry your head off. And she works for the standards and censorship department. There's no shame in compromise. Sounds like you should listen to your sister. Oh, I can't anymore. You're right, Davenport. I don't want to do this, but somebody has to. You called, sir? Roman, get him out of here. Come on, you. You're not gonna like what comes next, Switcher. I'm warning you, I can make you disappear with a snap of my fingers. Uh, Roman, go ahead and snap Davenport's fingers for him. Hey! Thanks. Ow. Ah. Ah. This is Chamberlain. Speak. Chamberlain? Uh, this is Davenport. I know. I traced the call. What? Speak. I have a mission for you. Another cleanup job? No. This time you'll be making the mess. Bring the gun. Always. And the big bullets, the ones that can rip through doors. 
power station doors. Exactly. Click. What? What is wrong with these people? Ah! It looks like this is the end of the line for the switcher. But wait! Without him to route the power through the city, how will Vice President Davenport keep the lights on? How will he keep the policies calm once Agent Chamberlain and the Office of M-U-R-D-E-R have made their mess? Find out as the story of our fair city continues. Paradise, dear listeners, is a difficult thing to define. Is your Shangri-La a place where the air is always warm and blueberry algae bars grow from the trees? Could your Arcadia be a place where mole people periodically emerge from beneath your furniture to give you cold drinks and then scuttle away? No. For corporate policy tells us that an ideal happiness level is achieved by forever meeting one's quota. But outside of the city's walls, with no quota to meet and no manual to light the path to happiness and productivity, who knows what false idols may lead a once loyal policy to a mirage of satisfaction. This is why, dear listeners, when our survivors out on the tundra stumble upon a place of moderate warmth with lichens and the occasional leafy plant, They falsely believed that this small patch of nature matched the criteria for paradise. (laughs) A shrubby sedge you cannot eat, but willow shoots a tasty treat. Oh, wow. So that's what you (laughs) wish we'd had you around earlier. (laughs) Tell us another, Miss Dora. Yeah. Yeah. Dipple, dapple, bad blue apple, but dry as ear you may hold dear. Morning, Allie. Neo. <laughs> Let me guess. Cooking lessons again. Well, now that no one's strangling each other over missing stuff or getting munched on, we can get learned on what to eat and other survivally things. Speaking of missing stuff. No, nothing's been stolen since those whole two packs of supplies went missing, even though that idiot Dolly is still crying about his lucky mole's foot. Thankfully, our lovely naturaliste has been keeping us well stocked enough to make it. Though... In a pinch you can throw some mice in water with wither bark and that will cure any stomach ailments you can think of. Sometimes I think starving to death would be better. (laughs) Allie, you're such a kidder. (laughs) Yeah. We'd be lost without you, Dora. Figuratively and literally. Nonsense. You're all strong policies. You would have found your way back eventually. Though I suppose it's possible that the dogs might have picked you off one by one and then had themselves a thoroughly wonderful exclusion day meal. Ah, Zeus! Do the wolves celebrate exclusion day too? I think what we need, boys, is another big helping of those roots that our guide showed us. Make sure you bring your weapons with you this time. We can't know if there aren't any (laughs) wolves. Predators lurking around. Look smart, get out of here. Allison, you coming with? I think Dora and I will stay here and finish lunch. Keep an eye on Lomi for you. She's looking awfully peaky. Besides, Dora and I have so much to discuss. You do? Like what? You know woman stuff. Did I ever tell you about my friend Sue, who took some time off for mandatory labor policy recruitment? You mean she switched careers? No. I mean she was about to have quintuplets. 
And then when she got to the maternity ward, they found out she was actually having sex tuplets. She was so packed full of babies that all this goop started to roll out. Never mind. Never mind. We will give you two some space to talk about your stuff. That's very sweet of you. Is that really how policies are made? I don't know, but it sounds gross. It's funny. You'll see Neil tightrope across a power cable or brag about how much waste he's shooted in a day, but he'll scram at the first mention of babies. A useful bit of leverage. What happened to your friend Sue? How many pups did she have? None, because she doesn't exist. Oh, yes, it would be difficult to give birth if you're not real. Wouldn't it? Let me help you finish cutting up these roots. What did you say they're called again? The scientific name of this plant, unfortunately, has been lost to the ravages of time. So I've taken the liberty to dub this plant Old Man's Eyelids. Oh, maybe later I'll help you come up with some better names. If you insist. So, Dora, I'm very interested to know more about you. What is it you do for the company exactly? Oh, Nothing terribly interesting. Scrape windows, wash windows with anti-freezing chemicals. You know, it's entirely futile, so it gives me lots and lots of time to meddle about with plants and animals. And yourself! Currently between positions. Anyways, you seem to be having a wonderful time with the crew. And with Neil. Especially with Neil. Oh, I see what you're doing. I beg your pardon? You want to wrestle over the alpha female position of the pack because you're not securing your leadership dominance and you want to assure mating rights with Neil. What? That's preposterous. Why didn't I see it before? Very well. Prepare yourself, Miss Allison. Though I must warn you, I am made of even tougher stuff than a steel tree stick. Quit it. Uh, I don't want to fight you. Don't you dare touch me. Why are you crouching like... (laughs) What fun! You're a bit stronger than a raccoon pup, even though you're smaller than one, aren't you? Stay still and let me bite your knee. No, no, don't shout. Why are your teeth so sharp? I'm lost. You get off. I, oh, God, why is your hair in my mouth? It's so nice to have a friend, isn't it? <laughs> don't, don't be stupid. We're not friends. I'm a captain and you're just a guide. Captains, guides, companions, compatriots. That's why I followed that flare, if truth be told. It's hard to see only one or two people a year. The growing piles and piles of dead people next to my house don't count, of course. Corpses don't talk or wrestle or share their woolly socks in a freeze, do they? Corpses? Uh, yes, C-O-R-P-S-E-S. It is a noun and meaning the deceased remains of a previously living individual. Cadaver would be a synonym. Thank you. I know what the word means. Why are there growing piles of... Oh, oh, Bradwards, pardon me, must stir the soup. Is it safe to come in? I just wanted to see if you think the soup will be good with these, uh, 
Now, what'd you call them again? The, the green colon nuggets. Oh, the nuggets would be just splendid with the wild onion warts. Neil, sweetie, we were in the middle of some very important talk. Oh, sorry. But, uh, Dora just went out the Dora with the suit. What? Wait a second. Do you get it? Dora? <laughs> and her name's Dora? You're brilliant, Neil. Never mind. She's not going anywhere. Dinner is served, gents. I'm sorry I couldn't make a more pleasing look to it, but the nuts, berries, and cola nuggets will hit the spot, I'm sure. Ladle up! I never had anything like this before. Who knew that stuff besides algae could be food? Well, the higher-ups get this kind of stuff all the time, I'm sure. I heard they get things like fruit, meat, and even pie. Ah, you know that's probably just made-up stuff, like summer or the moon. But if we'd heard that there was all this stuff out here, we never would have believed it either. Especially this place. If I may hypothesize, I believe this is a dumping ground for the ants. They probably push all these bones and unedible bits from the nest out here. All the extra nutrients from decay and the proximity to a geothermal vent has created this luscious paradise. Nature at its most resourceful. Fetch, Emerson! It's almost a shame we'll be leaving so soon. Can't we stay a while longer? It's so nice here. Warmth, safety, colon nuggets. If we had teeth like Emerson, we could slurp out all the nutritious marrow these appetizing bones have to offer. Alas, with our inadequate non-canine canines, it would only be a matter of days before we eat the remaining edibles and then starve to death. Fetch, Emerson! I hate to admit it, but Roosevelt is right. We're already running out of food here to eat, but we're close to the tower. Our stores can hold out till then. Splendid. I do hope there will be food in the tower for you. Why wouldn't there be? I have seen more than the usual number of undernourished, emaciated bodies out in the death fields lately. That and it seems my weekly ration drop-offs have stopped. Though I don't mind, as I've made quite a nice crock of clover pod butter to last the whole winter. Fetch, Emerson! You mean policies are starving in the city? Oh, I wouldn't worry too much. It might not be starvation. It could be something much less innocuous, like a plague, mass fever, a woken rampage, etc. Etc. A plague? I didn't mean to frighten you. I'm sure your loved ones are just fine and dandy. What if they haven't starved or turned into the undead, that is? The undead? What a fly in the oh, pool, that would be. What's more important right now is that we don't starve. We're riggers. Whatever the situation is, I'm sure we can handle it. We can worry about everything else later. We're worried now. Oh, I get it. I get it. You're all getting lazy, hmm? You sit and sing your little campfire songs with your buddy Roosevelt, but you won't put in any work. Well, how about this one then? Berries are blue. Algae is green. Get off your asses and do as I say. You got it, boss. What an effective person that Allison is. Handy with a kettle, too. Yeah, right. Oh, no. I don't mean it in a bad way at all. She is a good pack leader. Like the biggest, most slobbery wolf in the pack that's best at chewing up all the other pack members' ears. She keeps everyone in line. She's a great gal. Well, she was. She was? She, uh, 
She did some stuff. Like peeing on your bed sheets to mark her territory? Or eating your wart muffins when you turn away for a pot of wart tea? Worse than that. Oh, I can't imagine anything worse than that. A dog as big as Emerson can hold a lot of pee. I, I don't really want to talk about it. It's over now anyways. You, you should come back with us, Dora. There's some interesting stuff in the city if you're hankering to study something. Mold, woken, some weird stuff down in the waste fields, too, if you're interested to know the whole color spectrum of doo-doo. It does sound delightful, Neil, but I will be just dandy. Soon my notebooks will be bursting with the most beautiful sketches of nomad fungi, gristle shroom, and louse moss. Maybe I'll even be able to collect an ant molt or two. Right. Of course. Well, I was lucky to meet you, Dora. Put her there. Put who where? I meant let's shake on it. On what? A handshake? You know, the, the thing where you put your hand in mine and we do the up and down motion. Oh, yes, a handshake. A ritual of tenderly but firmly grasping the hand of a favored individual as a sign of greeting, sportsmanship, equanimity, or, or, affection. Right. You can let go now. What a strong handshake. So strong, so capable. I would love to see what else those hands could do. I bet they could punch a bull raccoon out, or maybe even be delicate enough to pluck a dandelion without Breaking the stem? Yes? Uh, Dora, I think you're speaking your thoughts aloud again. Oh? Oh, my, would you look at the time? I I must be off to de-ice some windows. But we're all the way out I on the... I will find some! Was it something I said? Outside of heart life, there is no happiness. It is unsurprising, nay, ideal then that a nascent love like Dora and Neil's should sputter and die in the cold world outside. After all, what hope could there be for a relationship formed outside the company's compatibility equations? Policies remember, save yourself for the true satisfaction that can only come from a sanctioned domestic partnership. And listen on as the story of our fair city continues. We take you once more to Old Tunnel, a relic from the Bad Ages built long before the Day of Exclusion. You see, the oldest places in our fair city are the abandoned tunnels closest to the surface and they also house its oldest inhabitants. Dangerous and primal things lurk in these pre-exclusion structures, and deep, biting cold seeps in from the world above. Only the desperate or foolish would venture into these near-forgotten districts without cause and protection. This is where our society was born, where the first mole man ate his first earthworm and where Dr. Emily Caligari now stalks her most dangerous prey. I haven't got time for this. 
Hello and welcome to Document Memory More. Oh my god, Dr. Caligari. Where is he? Dr. West? Yes, Andrew. It's for you. Thank you. Ah! Now, who could it <gasps> Emily. West. We meet again. Now you're go hugging me. Emily, it's so good to see you. Did I miss something? Weren't you sending reanimated corpses to eat me last time I saw you? <laughs> oh, that? I got over that ages ago. What's it been, a month? Magma under the bridge, as the mole people say. Oh, where are my manners leaving you out on the stoop like this? Come in, come in. Would you like Andrew to hang up your freeze ray? When he's thawed out, of course. I think I'll keep it, thanks. Ah, well... Whatever makes you comfortable, my dear. You are the guest. This way. However did you find me? I never lost you. <gasps> A tracking device? Exactly. Dropped into my pocket? Or into your sidekick back there. Me too! Fascinating. I wonder who else may be tracking young Andrew. Oh, can I get you anything? Coffee? Tea? Algae bars? West, I've come to... Did you say algae bars? Yes. But how? The food shortages are... Science done. Oh, that will be them. May I take it you would like some? I suppose. Wonderful. I'll bring them to the sitting room. Right through here. Make yourself at home. West? Yes, Emily? What am I looking at? Ah. Well, that is the sitting room of the legendary Dr. Montgomery Morrow. Now, if you look to your left, you will find... In front of me. What am I looking at in front of me? Hmm? Oh, the meat wall. That's the meat wall. Here you are. Suddenly, I've lost my appetite. Really? I thought, what with the food shortages, you'd be absolutely famished. Damn it, give me one. Mmm. Mmm. Mmm, what is this? Blueberry. Where did you get blueberry flavoring? No, 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 no. Not blueberry flavoring. Blueberry. I inserted blueberry DNA into the algae genome to improve, specifically, the coding that govern taste and scent. I can't imagine why no one's thought of that before. They're delicious. Possibly it's the side effects. Side effects? Well, I was concerned that the enzymes I used to break up the DNA strands might cause a person to slowly liquefy. But so far, so good, right? Emily? Oh, my dear. I could have gotten you the legendary vomit bucket of the legendary Dr. Montgomery Morrow. Though I suppose the heat of your regurgitation will help Andrew thaw faster. Handkerchief? Please. Go ahead and have a seat. So, West. Please, call me Herbert. So, West. I've... I've come here today to... I'm sorry, why exactly do you have a wall of undulating flesh? Do you like it? A simple excitation of stem cells to produce muscle and skin tissue. Indefinitely. That's why it moves. It's always growing. 
Why it screams, I haven't quite worked out yet. For the love of God, why? For Elizabeth. Elizabeth? Yes. It's my working solution for her little cannibalistic hunger conundrum. It'll never run out, you see. She can eat and eat and eat to her heart's content. Well, not heart. <laughs> not right now, anyway. Poor choice of words. She's still here? The monster who ate the science fair gang, who was going to... to eat me, is here? Yes. In fact, I could have sworn she... Elizabeth? Elizabeth? Yes? Elizabeth, Emily's here. Come in and say hi. No, thanks. Elizabeth, are you hiding? No. Yes, you are. I can see you behind the tapestry. Excuse me, Emily. My dear, whatever is the matter? I don't want her to see me like this. Like what? Like this. Is it your hair? Herbert, please. I'm sorry, my dear, but I don't see anything wrong with you. She'll laugh. No, no, she won't. She's a scientist. Fine. Just... fine. (sighs) Emily! Hello! Elizabeth! I don't know why you'd be embarrassed. I love what you've done with your hair. See, I told you, she's laughing at me. Come now, Emily. Elizabeth is a little... Bodily challenged at the moment. I'm sorry, Elizabeth. It's so nice to see you. You and your little mechanical spider legs. I suddenly find myself getting very hungry. I'd be scared if you weren't so puntable right now. Ladies, ladies, please. Elizabeth, why don't you retire to the meat wall? Fine. (sighs) Now, what brings you by? I came to borrow your fusion starter flint. Done. And to... Ask for your help with the power crisis. Ah. It's just not my area of expertise. Nor mine. Oh, certainly I dabble. I've built an interocitor or two for fun. Who hasn't? But really, no one specializes in energy production anymore. Indeed. Still, between the two of us, I trust we can work something out. (laughs) Certainly we could. However, I'm afraid I've quite retired. Retired? Yes. From science? Yes. You? I know, I know. However, one of the promises I made to Elizabeth when she said I could return to the city was that I give up science. You must be joking. I'm afraid not. She won't even let me cure her of her unending hunger, even though I'm positive with just a little brain surgery, I could... no. It's just medicine! It's hardly even science at all! Herbert. You see? No science. And what about her adorably tiny spider body? I can hear you, Emily. I know, Elizabeth. That? Oh, (laughs) that's just uh, something I had uh, lying around. A mechanical conveyance perfectly designed to fit and receive instructions from a disembodied head? You never know. All right. What about the meat wall? Or the algae bars? That's cooking. The culinary... uh, Arts. The culinary arts. Nothing more. Look, Wes. I really am sorry, Emily, that you've come all this way for nothing. Please, before you go, let me introduce you to Dr. Montgomery Morrow. He's ever so interesting. I... No, no, I insist. This way. Just down the hall. How's it going, Andrew? I don't suppose you could... 
Sorry, Andrew. That would be science. Now, right in here, Emily. This is Dr. Montgomery Morrow. Isn't he... The miniature son. What? You want to make the miniature son. Oh, I knew it was a good idea. What are you talking about? Whisper function. What are you talking about? We are going to make a miniature sun. No, we are going to create a highly controlled, entirely stable fusion reaction. Oh, potato-less tentacled, non-lethal potato. What were you thinking? Cold fusion? Hot fusion? <gasps> How are you going to catalyze it? Magnets? Lasers? Magnets and lasers? Anti-dark matter implosion? Ooh, the possibilities are endless. Montgomery, what do you think? A fusion power reactor could indefinitely fulfill the city's power needs. However, Herbert, what of your promise to Elizabeth? Yes, what of your promise to Elizabeth? Ah! Elizabeth! My dear! I thought you were feasting on the meat wall. I am, Herbert, but you are standing underneath an air vent. Am I? Oh dear. It seems I am. I fear I might be in trouble. Thank you, Emily. Herbert. Now, Elizabeth, before you say anything... You promised, Herbert. It would just be a teensy bit of science. What, like the meat wall? Like this contraption I'm hooked up to? What? <laughs> that whole thing? Stop it, Herbert. I am not an idiot. But I let it slide because you were trying. But a miniature sun, lasers... Mrs. Rourke, stuff it, Emily. But, Elizabeth... No! You know how you get with science. It's too dangerous. But what about the city's power needs? Montgomery, tell her the thing you said about the city's power needs. I tried to stop it, Mrs. Rourke. <gasps> Snitch! Mrs. Rourke, a word. Fine. Put me on the counter. I'm not talking to your knees. Do you think I would be here if I had any other choice? No. And knowing that... Do you think I would deal with West if I weren't prepared to control him? The last time... The last time, time, he was unchecked. He was by himself. He didn't care about my city. He didn't care about anyone except you. Your city? This time will be different. He will be working for the city. What he is doing will be for the good of all. And I will be watching him every second to make sure he doesn't blow us all up. Every second. He won't be allowed to sneeze until I double and triple check it. I don't know... Then again, once the populace tears itself apart due to lack of food and heat, you can take comfort in knowing that at least it wasn't Herbert West who destroyed the city in the end. Maybe he can make you tiny metal shoes for your tiny metal legs. Fine. Let me down. Herbert? You may work with Dr. Caligari on her power thingy. Uh Thank you, thank you, thank you, Elizabeth. You won't regret this, I promise. I'm sure I won't. Oh, and when you're done, make a new body for me, all right? Oh, certainly. I'm sure I can throw something together that you'll like. Maybe, say, in a week or two? You already made one, didn't you? It's in the broom cupboard. Snitch. It's fine. When you're finished, all right? And the brain surgery? We'll discuss it. Oh, wonderful! Now, fellow scientists, where were we? 
A spherical array of superconductors should be able to suitably compress a hydrogen isotope. There are some superconductors in the upstairs bureau. And I can provide a particularly clingy isotope, my own design. Let me guess. Westium? Herbertium? Actually, I call it Andrew. Do not panic, dear policies. Unregulated science is, as we all know, the most dangerous of all the crimes identified by our benevolent directors. However, Dr. Emily Caligari is no rogue amateur dabbling at petty chemistry. She is a prodigal daughter of the corporation who has returned to the official fold, and Dr. Montgomery Morrow has never had his scientific credentials officially revoked. Perhaps between the two of them, the city's safety may be secure. Cured. Can they keep the dangerous radical Dr. Herbert West in check? Will they save the city from this crisis? Find out next time as the story of our fair city continues. Environmental protection doors now closed. Power to environmental protection doors now being rerouted. All underground space in our fair city has a predetermined function and fate. The city's grand plan calls for work and habitation tunnels to continually expand, and they demand a network of subsidiary support tunnels. Tunnels for utility and maintenance access. Tunnels for people movers and elevators. Tunnels so the mole people can move through the city without disturbing human policies. It is for this reason that retired policies must be transported and stored indefinitely outside on the surface. Between the cold and the wolves, the job of taking them there has proven to be unpopular. One policy, however, has succeeded in doing the work on his own for many cycles now. The recent increase in demand for dead disposal, while within acceptable parameters, has forced Simon to recruit some temporary help. Clay, you want to stack them crosswise, like this, see? I don't want to stack them eddywise, Sandy. I've spent entirely too much time around dead people. You get used to it after a while. You do? Why not? Can't we take a break? Quit complaining! Mr. Simon needs a little bit of extra help right now. I really appreciate you stepping up to help, what with Lomi missing and all. Sad that. Even you, young fella. You've been a... help. What's that supposed to be? Stop it, Clay. Stop what? Stop talking like that. It's rude. It's rude to say this isn't my job? That Mr. Simon should be pulling his own weight like any decent mole would? Clay, we can't say those things about people. Because they're above us, right? If someone, anyone, hears you say those things, you'll be dead before the end of the shift. Simon is the only exception. He deserves this least of all. I'd really like not to be part of this discussion. You both should go get some coffee. I'll finish up. Now you're too good for our help? There's just no winning with you people, is there? But you wanted... What I wanted Vice was Vice to... President Davenport, Human Resources. Is this the dead disposal bay? Ah! Ah! I didn't say anything. Just a simple ball here. Helping to load bodies. Nothing else going on. Real slick. Yes, Mr. Davenport, this is the dead disposal bay. Before you say anything, 
I know the manual says to lay the bodies out lengthwise, but you can fit more when you lay them crosswise, like this. Especially when they're small kind like these. I know it's not exactly policy, but we're way behind schedule down here, and if these bodies start to turn... I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't care. I'm here to get the environmental doors open. Now, I am quite sure that is not in the manual. It's dark. And there are wolves. Mighty cold out there, too. Cold is what we need. What? Geothermal heat is building up in the lower tunnels without the, uh... The thermal circulation system running. Manual says that opening these doors makes it cold upstairs. Says if I leave them open, someone like you will come down and send me away. It'll be cold upstairs, but they'll live. If we leave these doors closed, tunnel-dwelling policies will die. Uh Uh-huh. Sure, I get it. Good. The doors won't have power. We'll have to do this manually. How do we start? You want me to open up these doors? Yes. And when I do, how much trouble am I in for? Come on, this is a test. What? No! Aha! That's just what you'd say if it was! I knew it. Well, I passed, Mr. Vice President, so you can be on your way. No! It's not a test! What's your name? Policy number. Not your number, your name. You know what people who aren't your supervisor call you? Simon... Well, Simon, I really need your help, and I promise this isn't a test. Will you please help me open these doors? What did he just say? Shh. That's good. That's good. Oh, that's real good. But you're not gonna get me. I order you to open these doors this second. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, well... That's too many foolings. All right. Fine. I'll do it myself. I'm out of shape. Will you help me now? Nope. You there, uh, Moles. Sir? Could you please help me with this? Uh, I can't do it on my own. Did you seriously just ask us to help you? I know it's not your job, but it'll only take a second. I, I know, but you asked. Oh, uh, I, uh, I guess I did. Uh, sorry, uh, let me try again. Uh, Moles, get over here and help me. Did you just apologize? I've been under a lot of stress, okay? Please, Miss... Sandy. And... Clay. Sandy. Clay. I would like for you to help me open these doors, and I would like for us to never speak of this. Ever. Will you do that for me? Well... Sure. Of course we will, Mr. Davenport. Thank you. What are you doing here, anyway? This this isn't more work. Tell me about it. We're just helping Mr. Simon with his above-average number of human corpses. Uh, what do you mean, above-average? Take a look, boss man. They're... they're children. 
Why are there so many children? I don't pick them. They come to me, you know. A lot of them are from the medical district. They lost power. They did. This is unacceptable. I know I'm behind schedule, but I'll get them cleared out of here right soon. And I promise you on my life that if a single one of these tiny cherubic corpses rises with an unwholesome hunger for human flesh, I will smash it into oblivion with every weapon at my disposal! You what? No! 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 This... this should not be. We must be better than this. We must. What is happening to our uncaring Vice President of Human Resources? Where is his air of bureaucratic aloofness? Why did he acknowledge the existence of moles? Dear policies, it is only fair to warn you that the remainder of our story contains material that may not be suitable for all listeners. It will contain corporate defiance and betrayal at the highest levels. Listener discretion is advised as the story of our fair city continues. The departmental guidelines of the Municipal Union for the Restructuring of District Excavation Records have many regulations for restructuring another department. The most important of them all is leave one alive for questioning. Agent George Chamberlain has a proven track record of ignoring guidelines. But today he has delivered on his promise and captured alive a dangerous, power-hungry madman who sought to dictate the fate of our fair city. Today, George Chamberlain has delivered the switcher to the Data Extraction and Analysis Department. Do you give up? Will you tell me what I want to know? You haven't... You haven't asked me anything. I know. That's kind of a little joke I do. Not funny. No, not in the traditional sense. It's data extraction humor. Yeah, your whimsy is baffling. Thanks. <laughs> you know, there are easier ways to kill me. Sorry, Switcher. I'm just here to loosen you up. So here's the game plan for today. We're running low on power thanks to someone who shall remain nameless. That means you. Yeah, I got that. Which means we'll have to forego spark wires. And can I just say that I am really good at electroconvulsive interrogation? Your dumb switchering has affected policies' lives in ways you don't even know. You're right. I'm a real cad. I'll take that as an apology. So without power, I'll have to stick to water stuff for the next few hours. After lunch, we'll move on to fingernails and teeth. What's for lunch? For you, water. And you're having the fingernails and teeth? No, gross. You know, you're kind of funny. I'm a regular Archibald Funny Pants. Aaron, please step outside. I'm going to spend some long, hard... FaceTime with this policy. Daddy, I am establishing rapport with the suspect. Don't talk back to me, young lady. Switcher, I'm gonna make you pay for every finger of mine you snap. Daddy, stop! The switcher is my assignment. He's my responsibility. I can't let you beat him to a pulp just because you're my father. I admire your inflexible loyalty to procedure. 
Oh, did you see there's some sugar crunch ice cream in the break room? We have ice cream again? Are you serious? Enjoy! Out of my way! Ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream! You have ice cream? Uh, we don't even have a working freezer. Oh, you're quite the parent. Would you prefer to have this conversation underwater? No. Good then. Switcher? I need more power. I thought you took care of that when your agent shot everyone at the power station last night. After your apprehension, Agent Chamberlain performed a sweep of the central power station to clear non-essential employees. I saw what he did. He swept a lot of innocent people. Children. Well, I warned you. I came to you as a, as a manager. But you refused to listen to reason. And what's more, you goons laid hands on me. What did you think you'd get for assaulting a manager? You're lucky to be alive. Oh, easy for you to say. And now, yes, we have the automatic power distribution system up and running. But it's not good enough. I need to reroute a large amount of watts manually. The reactor won't work without them. <laughs> and you can't do that without... A switcher, yes. Hmm, <laughs> sorry, Devs. That's not my job anymore. Now I'm a full-time sponge. Cute. Well then, Switcher, you leave me no choice. I'm gonna peel you like a rotten tuber until you give me the information I want. I better requisition a mopping bucket for all the blood you're gonna shoot out. Oh, there'll be so much blood, all right. Whoops. What are you doing? Taking the cameras and microphones offline. There's, there's still power for surveillance equipment? How is that more important than hospitals? Heart life considers self-monitoring a priority, but I don't. Uh, I, you know it's, it's a crime to tamper with heart life's monitoring equipment, uh, uh, especially in a, in a data extraction cell. Yes, I do. Now, I suppose we're both enemies of the company. I just bought us a little time, but not much, so do me a favor and be helpful for once. What do you want? First, tell me. What made you do it? Is this an interrogation tactic? No. It's a conversation. Please, I need to know. What does it matter? It's over. I need to know, Switcher. Did you really think you could take over the city? Start a brand new company of your own? No, no. Why then? Was it for the prestige, the benefits? Why is this so important to you? Because I am about to break a hundred corporate laws and flush my career down the chutes by removing you from this facility. And I need to know it's not all for some scumball who only did it for fame and fortune. What? What are you talking about? You're the only switcher left. So I'm taking you back to the power station, and we're gonna save this city, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Why, Davenport, I didn't know there was a heart underneath all that meat. I'm robust. It's healthy. Now get up. We have to go. Ah, <laughs> just... Just give me a minute. Ah, to, uh, to answer your question, I, uh, I, I did what I did because Heartlife wouldn't. Uh, they, they don't care about any of us. Managers, mole people, we're all just a resource. An asset to be managed. And when it's not profitable anymore, they'll close up shop. And they'll leave. I don't believe that. My sister always said, trust in the company. 
you'll get all the life you'll ever need. I admit it's a beautiful lie, but the heart life they taught us about in school is not the real heart life. It doesn't have to be like that. People like us, we can change things. Don't you mean policies like us? No! We're more than policies. You helped me understand that. Come on, let's get going. Yeah, I uh, can't walk. <sighs> I was afraid of that. Davenport, if this is all an elaborate trick, I'm really, really not in the mood. Daddy, what are you doing? Uh-oh. Erin, I... Sweetie, I, I wish I had time to explain. Um, Daddy's about to do something that the company will not understand, but it's for the greater good, and maybe more importantly, it's the right thing to do. Me and the Switcher... The Switcher and I... Shut up! Sorry. We're going to save the city. How? With science. Oh, you know that you're breaking the law. The Switcher is an enemy of the company. Uh, I know. And I'd appreciate if you don't report me. Daddy, I would never turn you in. I'm just scared that you'll get hurt. But if it's the right thing to do, then you better do it. Just know that I love you. I love you too, sweetheart. Goodbye, Aaron. Not goodbye. See you soon. See you soon, then. I hope not. Shut up, you. Hello? This is Aaron Davenport, policy number 8100-Delta-1. I'd like to report an incident of corporate sedition. Out of the confusion and discord of a city-wide crisis, a traitor is born. Are you surprised, dear listener, to observe in Vice President Davenport a flaw of character buried so deeply that even Hotlife's most exacting tests could not anticipate it? Do not sympathize with this man, or let your heart be swayed by his display of false heroism. To undermine Heartlife's authority is to subvert our way of life. With events spinning so far from the safety of status quo, can anything short of another act of madness set things aright? How will human resources manage the crisis with their vice president gallivanting around the lower levels? Dear Policies, we will find out as the story of our fair city continues. When last we saw the traitor Davenport, he was in the company of the Switcher. The two of them were conspiring to siphon electricity at the power station, but when they arrived... Ah! Heart Life is an old company, and George Chamberlain is an old-fashioned man. When Mr. Chamberlain was choosing his armaments from a locker in a faraway room, he elected to take a box of storm matches and ten gallons of gasoline. When the panels and papers of the power station first began to catch, corrode, and melt, the thin lips of Chamberlain's mouth curled involuntarily into a smile. An old smile. 
George Chamberlain is still wearing that smile an hour later as he hunts the quarry he flushed with fire. Davenport flees through the tunnels, the immobile switcher slung across his shoulders. Come in, Davenport. Do you copy? I'm not falling for that, Chamberlain. (laughs) What kind of chucklehead does he think I am? I don't know. How many kinds of chucklehead are there? Don't give me any more of your lips, switcher. But lips the only part of me your daughter left untouched. You know, Mom always said they were my best feature. Help me find the access gate. Where is that tape? Is he... Did he just leave his radio on? Hey, you dummy, your mic is live. He knows that. He's blocking the channel so we can't call for help. Or talk back to him. He doesn't need to hear our voices to know where we are. Turn it down, would you? You turn it down. I would, if my fingers weren't broken. (laughs) There's the panel. Put me down. I I can stand. Ah, That was a lie. Stay there a second. I gotta... I gotta kick. There we go. Come on, you. Okay. Through there is the elevator, and then it's not far to Caligarian West. But if we can't access the power station... The scientists will just have to figure out something else. Should we check on your friend? Probably. Ah, jeez. I've never hunted a suit before, Davenport. This is kind of... fun. Like it shouldn't be allowed. But it is. Aw, come on, you cocky bastard. Oh, give away your location. Get sloppy, George. I do not so quickly forget what they did to me in the cube. What's the cube? Oh, you don't want to know. There's the elevator. Hit the call button. Ah. I know where you are, Davenport. He's bluffing. You're bluffing! Cue deck. Pronto. Power insufficient. Uh, Emergency override. Code 9775. Authorization. Frederick Kirby. Department of Utilities. Override. Accepted. Thank you, Mr. Kirby. Aren't you clever? (laughs) That's my boss. I've got some tricks left. Where are you, Davenport? I want to tell you what the cube was like. I can smell your fear, Davenport. Fifteen parts per million. I can smell it. I can smell everything. Okay, woo! That's enough of that. Cue deck. Hello, sir. Ah! Did you think I'd fall for that? Another policy's authorization code? Kirby is dead. I saw to that. And now... The city needs me. It needs the switcher, and you're just gonna kill us both? Now? When we can save everyone? This whole place will go straight to hell. 
I like it warm. Get away from me, you son of a bitch! <laughs> if I make it through this, I am never taking the stairs again! <laughs> I think that's the opposite of the response you ought to be having. I appreciate that you're making this a challenge for me. That said. Ugh, no fair. Ah. Get back here, Davenport. Hold still so I can shoot you properly. Ah, a nice straight hallway. Mister, you're empty. Hello there, Vice President Davenport and the Switcher, I presume? Dr. West? The very same. Dr. Herbert West, at your service, please. Call me Herbert. Nice shot. Oh, don't thank me. Thank Dr. Caligari. Emily, I dispatched that Chamberlain fellow with the Freeze Master. How long until he thaws? Not long enough. Take his gun and put him in stasis. And don't call it the Freeze Master. Davenport, you've been shot! And light breaks over Marblehead. Thank you for noticing. How'd you know he was empty? What? <laughs> I didn't. I'm pretty sure he wasn't empty either. I've just always wanted to say that. Did you set up the power burst? No. I'll explain everything, but can we dig the bullet out of my shoulder first? That's kind of a priority for me right now. Come then, to the operating theater of Dr. Moreau! So, the grid still works? Obviously, Dr. Morrow, or we wouldn't have power. You'd be a pickle in a tank. Low blow, Dr. Caligari. Low blow. But because of Chamberlain's interference, we can't interface with the grid directly. Ah! For God's sake, be careful with those bandages, West. Sorry. It's been a while since I tended to a living patient. Where did Chamberlain get all that gasoline? The company maintains a discreet stock. For emergencies. The point is that we can no longer redirect the meager energies of this city to our little project. It's over. We're doomed. Not so, my good man. We could simply redirect the flow of energy through brute force. Sap energy from something irrelevant like water treatment or air. Who needs air, really? That's not happening again. I've had enough of brute force. I'm with the switcher. We're finding another solution. Davenport, when did you become such a bleeding heart? What? Myocardial hemorrhage? I can fix that. That's enough out of you, Sawbones. Dr. Caligari, the man from Human Resources, is correct. We cannot proceed with the original plan. It is morally untenable. Would you have us all starve to death, Moro? Meat wall! Sure. That'd go over well with John Q. Policy? Living meat wall? It is super gross. It is not gross. Vote West for president of the board of directors. A meat wall in every housing unit. It is my opinion as a doctor that it is super gross. People! Focus up. What are our options? Dwindling. Oh, I know! We could- No, Herbert! Uh, Elizabeth hates my giant badger plan. Why are you so racist against badgers? Mr. Davenport, all you have is what you see here. Okay. 
Okay. Yes. West. Caligari. New plan. We're not redirecting other electricity. We're going to generate our own burst to jumpstart the reactor. We'll need a new switchboard. How long will that take to make? We can get started now. It will be done in 30 minutes. It will not. He's making that number up. But Davenport, where will you generate the power? I'm sorry, Herbert. I, I tried to stop him. I did. I tried. Hold your hamstring, Squidge. I got a sick mole what needs doctoring and bad. Her heartbeat is getting weaker. Oh, I think I may have an idea where to get the power, Dr. Morrow. I may just have an idea. Neil Henderson has returned to save yet another day. But is he too late? With straits so dire, with a situation so grim, can even he save the city of his birth? Can the sharpshooter make the difference in this crisis? And will Lomi live to see him do it? Find out next time as the story of our fair city is our fair city's most precious commodity. We trade with no one. Our economy is closed and our currencies are internal. With no profit to make, all the directors could hope for is to invest in our capital, the resource which will one day pay dividends when again there is someone with whom something may be traded across the surface. Normally, a single life may represent little more than a number in a ledger. As the accounts of the city unfold, there are just as many deductions as there are credits. The mighty Neil Henderson, however, is no accountant. To him, one life represents weeks of companionship, days of trekking across the tundra, and countless defiances of death. One life represents all that he has left. It comes to Doctors Caligari, West and Morrow, to save his investment or leave Neil Henderson with nothing. It's a museum, I tell him. There are no real doctors in Dr. Montgomery Moreau's museum and historical house. But does he listen? Of course not. Now that the hospitals are even operable at this point, but still, I... All I asked was Neil to bust his way into one of those little storehouses for us, and what does he say? I gotta help my Lomi first, cause I'm an idiot. So yet again, I end up in the dark, frigid tunnel being chased by something that probably wants to eat me. Unbelievable! Hello? Anyone seen a gigantic PWC with a half-rotten mole? is so subjective, so unclinical. She is, however, getting dead. And thus, we must be off, if you'll excuse us. Neil! There you are, the docks. They won't listen, but Lomi, she's You're not doing a very good job of guarding the door, Snidge. How'd you get in here? Through the front door. It was unlocked. Oh. Andrew, why don't you go help Elizabeth harvest the meat while for lunch? Last time, it tried to bite me. Well, this time, use the long scalpel. And the earplugs, my boy, so you don't catch your death of wailing. All right, Dr. West. Herbert. Allison, they won't listen. They probably won't listen because she's going to die. She's not doing well. Then what do I tell them? Neil, let me talk to them. But promise me that afterwards you'll tunnel into the storehouse with us, okay? All right. (laughs) So 
Oh, what'll it take for you to mend her up? If it's rations you want, we've got loads. But didn't you just Tons say- Tons of rations! <laughs> we've got some information on the outside. Patching her up should be no trouble at all. I'm sure you do this all the time. I am not a veterinarian. I am a scientist. And this is a laboratory that should be in the process of making a switchboard to save every soul in the city. But Lobby's getting... Sicker. I would hate to use this on civilians, but I also hate repeating myself. Doctors, uh, before you blast our visitors into frosty pieces, could I have a word? You see that shovel on his back? Henderson's one of the best putrescible waste collectors this city's ever seen. Lovely. Shall we point him toward the lavatorial sectors for him to do his civic duty? My point is that you need power. He makes it. In spades. How much power are we talking? Enough electricities to power your... whatchamacallit... till your fusion thingy can get started. Excellent! Let the science begin! No! I- West, we can't drop everything to go save a mole whose chances of survival are approaching nil. You should help her. You too, Dr. Morrow. All that we are doing here today... Whisper function! ...is to try and save the inhabitants of the city. Lomi is one of those inhabitants. Her life is worth as much as anyone's. She's a gangrened mole. She's a gangrened mole person and a friend. She's practically falling to pieces. The pieces can be put together again if the surgeons working on her are indeed the best scientists in the city. Fine. If everyone insists, we'll try and save the mole person's life, but not for free. And maybe while we save her life, we just make a few teeny adjustments to what sort of head she has. No! Beheading and reheading. Clear? Uh, Oh, all right. How I suffer from your scientific incuriosity. What are you all over there whispering about? Can't you see she's getting worse? Hang in there, Lomi. Mr. Henderson, we'll help your mole in exchange for a bit of labor. Davenport says you're a fine waste recycler. Well, yeah, me and Betsy can shovel more in our whole crew when we get down to it. Is that all I gotta do? The plan will require a bit more work than your average shift. There may be some other risks involved, inherent dangers. The possibility of a injury is high, but if you say you'll do it... Oh, dear Emily, look at you, getting consent from your subjects. How quaint. Yes, I will do whatever you need. Just help Lomi. Then we have a deal. Put her up here. I know it hurts, Lomi, but the doctors are going to heal you right up. You'll be back to digging and singing and coffee carting in no time. And we've got some friends with some bite wounds down in Tunnel 6. Don't push your luck. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, doctor. Oh, I'm no doctor, ma'am. Davenport. We don't pick putrescible waste collectors for their wits, doctor. Now, while they're working, the two of you wait out there. I'll talk to the switcher and see what he'll need from you. Wait a sec, can't I help with Lomi? No, we can't have you contaminating the operating room. Go on then, shoo. You should have asked what she wanted you to do. I would have said yes anyways. Right, of course you would have. Did it look like there was an old guy frozen in a tube in there? Uh Uh-huh. Sure did. 
This thing looks like the radios we used to have in the relations department. Why don't we play something to lighten the mood? This shelf displays all of the legendary Dr. Montgomery Morrow's tools of surgery. On the left, you can see the lancet used to drain bodily fluids from patients suffering from infection. On the right, you can see the ligatures used to pinch off the limb blood flow to patients suffering from infection. And in the center, you can see the legendary saw that slices and cuts tendons and ligaments and That's enough of that. Say, what do you think Lomi would like to do when she gets out of the doc's office? I don't know. I bet she'll want to head right back to work. Or maybe she'd like to come back out and meet Dora again with me. You know, fully conscious this time. And she said I could come out whenever I'd like, and I could stay in her house and, and have raccoon pup soup. Maybe we could all go out there. Me, you, Lomi. Hell, maybe even Tim and Grayson, if they ain't feeling too cowardly about it. That would be nice. You hear something? No. Not a thing. Are you sure you don't hear- Just the sound of beakers hitting the floor. Why don't we go see if these scientists are stockpiling any spam algae? But Lomi's still in there. The doctors will take care of her. You shouldn't worry. I'm sure she'll be fine. But Lomi, she's starting Get moving! After all of Edward Davenport's struggle and toil, after throwing away his career and standing with the company, after violating corporate policy and freeing a non-voluntary guest at the Data Extraction Center, a solution presents itself. Note, open-minded listener, that this solution was not of Mr. Davenport's making. No, this solution has arrived in the form of a single and singular policy, Mr. Neil Henderson, who has simply agreed to do his job. It is through obedience and hard work that we find our greatest success. It is through fulfilling the expectations of the great Heartlife Corporation that we find our salvation. It is through our faith in the great plan of the founders and their constant stewards, our board of directors, that we find our place in the world. Will it be enough? Can Neil Henderson's broad shoulders carry the future of the city? And will the ministrations of the good Dr. Caligari suffice to save our damaged mole? Find out next week in the exciting climax of the fourth season of Our Fair City. Policies, we are, all of us, only human. However, there are members of our community who are somehow more human than human. It seems almost as though there is more matter, more weight to the form and actions of these supermen. One such hero is Neil Henderson. Now the sharpshooter, a man who shoveled the waist of five men, holds the entire city on his muscled shoulders. All of our hope depends on this single life, 
being carefully strapped into a giant mechanical digging suit. And the blue safety line goes into the red receiver here. And the indigo power valve goes into this chartreuse junction here. And this yellow thing uh, uh, is left over, I guess. <laughs> all right, Mr. Henderson, you're all strapped in. All that's left is to turn you on. Are we sure that this metal getup is going to work? It's an exoskeleton, and it should. According to Dr. Morrow, it was originally designed to dig the tunnels, but was never actually produced because the actuary said it wasn't cost-effective. Yeah, well, digging ain't shoveling. That's why the Super Scooper has giant shovel hands instead of giant drill hands. Uh, super Scooper? That's what I call it. There we go. Okay, try to move. I fell in the poo. Sorry about that. It's okay. Yes, Dr. West, everything's set. Dr. West wants to know why you're not answering your headset. What headset? The one, uh, oh, oh, uh, This headset. Uh, here, let me just... Mr. Henderson, do you read me? Neil, are you there? Do you copy? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here. Ah, splendid. How are you? Rested, limber, ready to make scientific history? Actually, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. Oh, don't be. The success of this reactor may well end the power crisis, reverse the food shortage, and save the lives of every man, woman, and mole in the city. But in science, failure is always a viable outcome, and there is only the teeniest chance of a catastrophic explosion. Oh, did that not go through? I said the success of this reactor. West, Oops. I told you not to touch anything without checking with me first. That includes the radio. Sincerest apologies, Emily. It won't happen again. Go check the calibration of the laser array. Yes, Emily. Mr. Henderson. Are you there? How are you feeling? Uh, fine. Say, what did he mean, catastrophic explosion? Good, good. And how is the Mark I Exo Enhancement Extractor Module? The what? The Super Scooper? Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, the Scooper Duper's working fine. Well, I'm glad that the Mark One Exo Enhancement Extractor Module is functioning optimally. Look, I, I still don't see why me and Betsy can't just go We've and... We've been over this, Mr. Henderson. The Mark One Exo Enhancement Extractor Module will increase your overall load capacity by a factor of 20. Well, if we got a couple of the other fellas from down in... No! The... The other PWCs are in the lower fields maintaining the power to the rest of the city. Taking just one of them off the line could cost hundreds of lives. I won't do it. Thank you, Vice President. Your nobility inspires us all. Now run along and leave the science to the scientists. This is all very thought out. You have the Mark I Exo Enhancement Extractor Module. The upper fields serve the more robust and fiber-filled diets of the tower. We even moved up Spice Night to guarantee your fuel supply. Nothing has been left to chance. Well, I better go. I've got to help the switcher monitor the power relay. If you need me, I'll be six levels down on the other end of your chute. Good luck, Mr. Henderson. Hey, uh, 
Andrew, was it? Uh, yeah. Good luck, Squidge. Thanks. Yes, I'm prepping the fusion reactor. You may begin, Mr. Henderson. Dropping the first load now. Catalyzation. We are underway. For 11 hours, Neil Henderson toils mightily. The mechanical marvel to which he is moored becomes a blur of steel and sludge. The metal limbs fly, controlled by the practiced hands of our hero, a man with no limitations. The machine, however, is no hero. Uh, Dr. Caligari? Super Spooper stopped working. Well, I don't know. There was a sparky thing by my head, and now I can't move. Damn it. We'll just have to stop the reactor until we can get the Super... The Mark One Exo Enhancement Extractor Module working again. Stopping's not gonna set off that explosion, is it? What explosion? Well, that creepy guy said something about an explosion. West? Yes, Emily? Why is the cowboy talking about an explosion? Yes, well, I may have confided in him the ever-so-slight chance that an inability to produce enough energy on our part may result in an instability that could lead to a thermonuclear event. Slight chance? There is no chance of that. I ran the calculations myself. Yes, you did. Before. Before what? Well, you did say we needed to lower the initial energy cost of the reactor. Yes, but I... I believe your exact words were... Do whatever it takes, West. I did say that. How slight is this threat of detonation? Uh, hardly one at all. I'd say one chance in three. One in three? There's a one in three chance that shutting down the reactor will destroy the city? Uh, and a 66% chance that it won't? I say we shut it down. The odds are with us. Henderson. I need you to get out of the module and carry on manually. We have to keep going. Yeah, I'm kind of strapped in is all. Press the eject button. Which one is that? The yellow button to the right of your head. A yellow button? Like like the one that was left over when I got plugged in? Left over. Of course it was. Hold on. Power distribution operator. Operator, do you copy? Switcher here. I need you to send Snidge up to assist Mr. Henderson ASAP. Uh, Andrew and I are a little busy here, ma'am. Someone's removed all the buffers from the power couplings and it's from a, a, a leak. Uh, electrical arcs keep setting things on fire. Oh, uh, stop, drop, and roll, Andrew. Stop, drop, and roll! Damn it. Henderson, I'll... West will be there in 15 minutes. Oh, no need. I'm out. No, I, I just sort of... Busted my way out. Busted out of steel and titanium reinforcement cables? Uh, yeah. My exo-extraction module. Sorry? Never mind, just... Get back to work. All right, Betsy. Looks like it's up to you and me. Let's do this the way we were meant to. 
once again Neil Henderson shovels as he was born to, who could have guessed that what we flush away can be all that stands between civilization and annihilation? How odd that all of our hopes and dreams and lives depend upon that most ignominious of bodily byproducts and its most adept caretaker. That maestro of manure, that doge of dung, that prince of poopy. Six straight hours he works without break or rest. Six straight hours he labors for the good of the city. Something has to give. To all things there is a limit. No. No, Betsy. Mr. Henderson, the power levels have plateaued at 98%. Is something wrong? Betsy. It's Betsy. She's... She's gone. Who's Betsy? A shovel. A shovel. A shovel? Henderson, did your shovel break? Betsy, I'm sorry. I'll take that as a yes. We'll we'll get you a new one. Power distrib... Switcher? Switcher, come Uh, in. Andrew's sort of maintaining the power flow circuit with his body. Did you need something? Never mind. West, go and make sure he doesn't die. On my way. Henderson, head down to the lower field and ask around for a shovel. But I can't just abandon Betsy. She... Out of the way. Uh, who the hell are you? Neil Henderson, you get off your ass and save me this instant. A- Allison? I did not let you lead me across an unsurvivable frozen wasteland just so I could die because of a heat failure. Or a food riot or... or... A 22 megaton explosion. Is, is that something that could happen? Apparently. Neil, you start shoveling again right now. I, I, I can't do it. I, I'm sorry to let you down. Forget about me. Think of all the people in the city who are counting on you. Think about the sick mole up here whose life you'll be saving again. Hell, think about your stupid little girlfriend and her stupid hair and her stupid dog and her stupid fleas. She gave each one of them a name. That's nice. Get up. But... But, Betsy... It's a shovel, Neil. A tool. And when a tool breaks, you get another tool. You're wrong. Betsy! Betsy was special. Betsy didn't jump from the tower and survive. Betsy didn't climb to the top of Stormhawk from the outside. Betsy didn't brave the frozen wasteland just so her little pet mole could see a vet. You did those things, Neil. You alone. Can't can't everybody? No, you idiot! No one can do any of that! A dozen riggers couldn't keep up with you on the tundra. They're dead because of me! No, Neil. None of us would have made it back here without you. You're special, not your shovel, you. You saved us, and now there's a whole city that needs you to be special. So get up and find a new shovel, because you are Neil Henderson, and you have a job to do. All right. I guess this robot suit doesn't need its shovel arm anymore. But I do. Okay. Okay. Here we go. With the arm of the broken mechanical contrivance as his shovel, Neil Henderson once more digs deep, both within himself and the brown sludge. Without the help of his robot suit, without the aid of his eldritch shovel, exhausted and alone he toils and sweats to save the city, for Neil Henderson does not give up. 
Neil Henderson does not fail. Neil Henderson does not. I can't. I... I can't. Allison. I'm sorry. Allison. Dora. Deep as the foundations of heart life, far from the reach of any of the lives he just saved, the body of Neil Henderson sinks into the waste. Another life in our fair city has come to an end. The day is saved. The city slowly turns itself back on as electricity flows from the secret laboratory. Everything returns to the way it should be save for one life lost. In the end, dear policies, it is not so much to lose the life of one man in the course of our heroic society. The balance is maintained by losses and gains every day, and in the end, heart life prevails, keeping the lights on through these times and into the future, through the designs of our benevolent directors, we shall endure into the next age. The story of our fair city will continue. I'm sorry. Heart life has made us all safe. The sacrifice of Neil Henderson has made for a time of plenty. And in this new era, a new hero is chosen. She's a lovely young lady and a good friend of mine, and she's just been handpicked by Heart Life to be the city's first geonaut. Ladies and gentlemen, Cassie Wilkins. for an epic endeavor. It's gigantic. Five levels deep, a full section wide. It's equal in size to the largest of the old lightning rigs, or so I'm told, I've never seen one. But she can't do it alone. We're getting the band back together, Andrew. Oh boy. Join us for another season of Our Fair City, where we bring you tales of romance. Oh! Hello. Yeah, hi. Secrets. What do you need? A, a pound, if you've got it. I've got it. You got credits? Here. Conspiracy. Are you kids here to take down the man? Action! You're beneath the man! And... Science! 
coming to your Audibox this winter. It's Our Fair City, Season 5. Drill Down. All right, policies and policettes, that was Our Fair City Season 4, the conclusion. Hope you enjoyed it. Our Christmas gift of sorts for you. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, we will be having uh, kind of more straightforward uh, holiday-esque programming next week, actually, a Hanukkah tale and then a blizzard tale, which is more uh, wintry than maybe Christmassy, but, you know, we, we are all for unconventional uh, stuff here on Radio Drum Revival. It's like the way we like to serve it up for you. Um, so that'll be coming next week, uh, during December 27th. So uh, if you've got a friend or family member who is getting a new iDevice or Android device or uh, anything that will play audio on it, uh, turn them on to podcasts, turn them on to Radio Drama Revival, uh, get them tuned into some of the back episodes, uh, tell me, email me, fred at radiodramarevival.com, tell me what they like and I can hook them up with a few of the back episodes that I would personally recommend. Um, I'll be working on some lists too, people like lists, right? So we'll have some lists of the best audio listening um, uh, working on some of that stuff for you as well um, and stay tuned my own series The Cleansed Season 2 is now out through Blackstone Audiobooks um, that's exciting thecleansed.com and uh, we will have more stuff always coming to you here on Radio Drama Revival um, you can follow us on Twitter at Radio Drama uh, Facebook facebook.com forward slash Radio Drama Revival and of course iTunes and Stitcher Radio Drama Revival and again tell your friends or make a donation uh, radiodramarevival.com alright that's a wrap for this week Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly Fred Greenhalgh copyright of individual shows remains their original producers but do please share this show as far and widely as you like radio drama revival originates on on-air radio at wmpg fm southern maine's community radio this podcast at radiodramarevival.com is labor of love till next time keep your mind and your ears open thanks for tuning in and have a great week